Petre ke Pavle tu Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Holy Apostles podcast series. This is Father Nectarios Carantonis. Father Andreas is traveling and so is unable to record today's episode with me. Uh, last episode, the opposite was true. Uh, I was unable to join Father Andreas, and so you heard from him about the Holy Apostles, Simon and Jude. Even though there's not much information available to us about the lives of these saints beyond the small amount found in the pages of the New Testament, this did not prevent an interesting look at the earthly family life of Jesus, and more broadly at the connections between some of the personalities around him that we perhaps take for granted or didn't even know about in the first place. This week I'll be taking a look at the Holy Apostles Thomas and Matthias, This episode will conclude our look at the greater body of the band of holy apostles. Prior to our conclusion with the chief apostles, Peter and Paul, next week on the occasion of their holy feast. Let's begin with Thomas. Thomas is probably one of the more well-known names, not just among the apostles, but in all the New Testament, because he has a significant role at a crucial moment. Like all saints, the apostle Thomas has an annual memorial in his case, October 6th. However, Thomas gets another commemoration for which he is more well-known in the minds of the faithful. In the liturgical life of the church, we go through the great 40-day fast, then great or holy week, and then we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. The church designates the week after this as renewal week or bright week, which liturgically is reckoned as one day, signifying the eternal rule of Christ into which we have been invited. Then the following Sunday, which we have come to call Thomas Sunday, we are treated to one of the most powerful moments in all of Holy Scripture. It is at once grotesque and euphoric. It strangely pulls us out of the glow of Pascha into the shadow of doubt. We find the disciples gathered in a room with the doors shut, As we rejoice in the reverberation of Christ is risen, we now hear of men fearful for their lives. Their shepherd has been taken. Their lamb has been slaughtered. They do not know what will happen next. Has everything been a lie even? Then Jesus, who had died and been buried, suddenly appears to them, coming through the shut and locked doors with his glorified body. The disciples tremble with fear. Jesus gives them his peace. They then rejoice, and again he gives them his peace. He begins their apostolic commission. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. The importance of the subjects of our podcast begins to reveal itself. And so in walks our Thomas, albeit late. He missed the Lord's appearance. His fellow disciples, now becoming truly apostles, those sent on a mission, are elated and emboldened. We have seen the Lord, they tell him in so many different ways. Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, the Lord took him up on his criteria. Appearing to his disciples again, Jesus, unprovoked, 
turns to Thomas and invites him to do just what he demanded for the sake of belief. And so Thomas probed, and so Thomas believed, and so Thomas fell to the ground, my Lord and my God. And through his incredulity came a blessing for us all that will have come in generation and generation after Thomas's unique and unrepeatable examination. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. This is not the only significant or even bold encounter we have with Thomas. Prior to Jesus and his disciples going to see the by then dead Lazarus, realizing that this might very well mean the capture and death of Jesus, it is Thomas who says to his fellow disciples, let us go also so that we may die with him. Thomas is said to have been a faithful Israelite and student of the law. He was a fisherman by trade and struggled to earn an honest living. He shared these traits in common with several of his eventual fellow apostles. Yet Thomas seems to have had a boldness to him that the Lord, in his infinite wisdom, knew would, at the right time and place, provide for the reassurance of all of us who struggle with faith. Thomas by lot was sent to India. There's an interesting story in his life found in the traditional account kept handy by the church, which says that Jesus actually sold Thomas into slavery, a man who had been dispatched from India to the nearer provinces of, Ro of the Roman Empire, encountered Jesus in the marketplace. Whether in a vision or in the body is not clear. You see, this man had been sent by an Indian ruler to find an architect who could build him a palace. Jesus told this man he himself had a slave who was very talented in this area and agreed to sell him to the man. Once Thomas was taken into bondage, reassured of course by Christ, he was given a great sum of money to build this palace. The ruler went away for a three-year expedition and expected to see his mansion complete upon his return. The man departed and Thomas went to work immediately, distributing the large sum of money to the poor and needy. This continued for the duration of the ruler's absence. Upon his return, he realized no palace had been built and was furious. Thomas was imprisoned and awaited punishment and certain death. However, the nobleman's brother was taken ill, and his soul departed. It was guided to heaven by an angel that showed him the many mansions prepared for the righteous, and asked him to pick where he would like to live. He picked a splendid palace, and said he could be happy just living in the corner of that mansion. The angel told him, This is the mansion built for your brother by Thomas. By investing his money in the poor and hungry and destitute, laying up these treasures in heaven. The brother's soul was permitted to return to his body, and he awoke. He told this vision to his brother, and everything changed. Once he realized what Thomas had done, he not only freed him, but became a Christian along with his brother. Not unlike a number of the accounts we've heard about the Holy Apostles by now, eventually Thomas's apostolic work angered local powers that be. So not surprisingly, Thomas's end is very similar to that of his peers in Christ. 
in Thomas's case, he was imprisoned and sentenced to death and was run through with multiple spears. This occurred in the city of Mylapore, which is located in the middle of the eastern coast of the Indian Peninsula. There is still a Roman Catholic church there today, built on the site of the martyrdom of the Apostle Thomas. Thomas is perhaps most remarkable and well-known for his encounter with the resurrected Christ. Matthias, his fellow Israelite, is not as well-known, but he still has a significant place in the context of the Apostles. As we've said before, regardless of how much or how little we might know about any of these holy men, to suggest that they might be insignificant in any way is borderline blasphemous. Matthias was a devout Israelite, and we know by implication that he was one of Jesus' earliest disciples. After the events of Jesus' betrayal and suicide of Judas, and the regrouping of the remaining eleven apostles, the band of twelve needed to be repaired. Therefore, Peter, assuming his role as chief of the apostles, presented to the church the need to replace Judas, and two men were chosen by Lot. After this election, by their fellow Christians, prayer was made for God, who knows the hearts of all men, to show who it is that was favored for this holy task. It fell to Matthias. Matthias was therefore with the apostles in that upper room when the Holy Spirit descended like tongues of fire on the Feast of Pentecost, which we are celebrating in the church right now. After this sacred event in which God poured out his Holy Spirit on the church, the apostles, as we have heard over and over, were sent by lot to their various mission fields. Matthias was designated for Judea, which meant he was appointed to preach to his fellow Israelites, while his brother in Christ Thomas would be going to the pagan lands of India, Matthias would face no less of a challenge at home. He himself was a devout Israelite already, and so was able to engage and enlighten many of his countrymen. But as we know, there was a great danger in this. The account of Stephen, the first deacon and martyr of the church, shows how a fellow Israelite confessing Christ was treated by those whose hearts were still hardened to the gospel. The assassination of James we learned about a couple of episodes ago indicated the same dangers. Matthias's story ends with a trial and execution by stoning, not unlike that of Stephen. For good measure, he was beheaded on account of the gospel's supposed treasonous threat to the authority of Caesar. This concludes our look at the personalities among the Holy Apostles, Thomas and Matthias. Join us next week, God willing, for our final episode that will feature the preeminent Apostles, Peter and Paul, and will coincide with their feast on June 29th. May the Holy Spirit, renewed in our lives on this Feast of Pentecost, also inspire us with the apostolic faith, teaching, fortitude, and witness of the likes of Thomas, Matthias, and all the Holy Apostles. If you enjoyed this episode of the Holy Apostles podcast series, please consider subscribing for future episodes. Todo es potito no, no, no.
ای که ترسات شدی